Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. When you have the attitude of being humble enough to understand, I don't know at all. I can learn something new tomorrow that can help me change my life and potentially the life of my family and other people. You'll always have that attitude and growth mindset that you're always growing, always evolving, always pursuing the next level. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Carlos Salguero. Carlos is joining us from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's from Denver, lives in Denver now. He runs CS3 Investments, which is on track to acquire a billion worth of real estate properties and over a thousand doors. Carlos, can you start us off with a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Hey, Slocum. Great to be here today with you and excited to share with your audience a little bit of my journey. I am originally from Quito, Ecuador, and I came to this country at 17 years old, first ever in my family to come to the U.S. Didn't have any contacts, didn't have any money, didn't have any family here in the U.S., but my dad always, as we were growing up, encouraged us to travel and to see the world and most importantly to come to the U.S. I think his dream was to 
come and live in the U.S. And he never got to realize it himself. But since we were little, he always talked, man, the U.S. is the best country in the world. There's opportunity there. Dreams come true, the American dream. So that's how I got into the U.S. I went to college, got a couple degrees. I thought that was be the financial freedom ticket for me. And I realized after working in corporate America for about five years that it was a long road ahead because I saw people that were doing exactly what I was doing in my job still after 20, 30 years doing exactly the same thing I was doing in my job. So that's kind of when I realized I need to do something that can change my future and where I control my financial future. And that's what set me on a 20-year journey of building multiple companies, founding multiple businesses, winning at some, failing at some. And eventually I figured it out and found some mentorship, found some groups that could help me learn business, learn money, learn investments. And I sold a company along the way, made some money. And all along, I was a hobby real estate investor. Like a lot of people bought a little home here, upgraded to the next home, rented that one, became a landlord, rented a second home that we bought, became a landlord, dabbled in Airbnb for a little bit and bought a duplex and a triplex and a fourplex. And that's how I did it until one of my businesses needed a commercial warehouse. And that's when I made my first big commercial transaction. And you did that for one of your own companies to owner-occupy, essentially. That is correct. My first ever commercial purchase was an owner-occupied warehouse for my logistics e-commerce business. And we got an SBA loan for it. And I pinched every single penny I had for the down payment. <laughs> and I was scared because I had been initially in my garage. That's where we started the business. Then we moved to a little bigger garage. Then we got a couple storage units, then moved and leased a 2,500 square feet warehouse, upgraded with the same landlord a couple times. And then I learned how good triple net leases are for the landlord, but not for the tenant. And I wanted to be on the other side of that. So that's when I started looking for a warehouse for myself. And I went from a 10,000 square feet warehouse to a building that I bought 10 years ago that is 50,000 square feet. Nice. And as a real estate investor, you primarily focused on warehouse then? So I wasn't really a real estate investor. If you think about it back then, it was more for the need of my business. So I was investing without knowing that I was investing. I didn't even have the perception of how to underwrite a real estate deal, how to calculate my NOI, how to know my cap rate. All those terms were foreign to me for the longest time, even after I had owned a building for a long time. But I realized as I sat on this property for many, many years, that the first time about seven years into owning it, that I called a commercial real estate agent. I said, hey, I'm curious about knowing what the value of my property is today. And when they send me their broker opinion of value, man, I was shocked. I bought this property for $810,000 plus some renovation costs. And here I'm looking at a $7.5 million valuation for my building. Wow. I don't even believe this. Right under my nose. So that sparks curiosity and excitement around real estate yeah. investing. What happened then? So you're exactly right about that. That is that aha moment of I've been neglecting one of the biggest businesses that I've had all along. I should learn more about this because I just didn't know what I didn't know. So I set out to start a journey 
of understanding commercial real estate. And I started picking up books, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube, going to a couple conferences, getting into a mentorship program, a mastermind. And the more and more I learned about it and, and learned from books and audio and all that stuff, I realized this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to become a real estate investor. I want to buy property. And then the second question that I made myself was, which asset class should I focus on? And I was first leaning towards industrial because that's what I knew. But I knew that multifamily was also attractive because it provided diversification. I could have more than one stream of income from the same property. Because usually in a commercial warehouse property, it's one or two tenants. But in a bigger multifamily property, I could have maybe three or four. And I was still kind of far away from the, I want to have a 50-unit deal, a 100-unit deal, maybe a 200-unit deal sometime. But the more I understood it and studied it, I started realizing that's what I want. I want a 50, 100-unit deal because it checks all the boxes that I wanted it to check as an investment and as a business. So that's when I chose multifamily. How long ago was that? When I first realized I wanted multifamily and that kind of became clear to me was about two years ago. And I started small, like most people. I bought a fourplex actually here in Milwaukee, of all places. I found an offline deal here in Milwaukee. And with a friend, we bought the fourplex together and it was a 1% deal. So it was bringing 1% in rent every month that our total purchase price was. So we thought it was a good investment. And then after that, I bought townhome triplex in El Paso, Texas. Those were my two first investments. And then shortly after that, I realized, oh, shoot, man, now I have to manage these deals and I'm not even there. I live in Denver. Then I realized the management is a big part of it too. And that's what pushed me to go into bigger multifamily and learn the big multifamily game. So barely two years ago is when I started learning and my first fourplex official me as a real estate investor was about a year and a half ago. Gotcha. And I know I talked about unit count in the bio. How many doors do you have now? So shortly after that, I realized I need to go big. And I went to a conference and all I heard was big multifamily, big multifamily is the same effort to go buy a small deal than a big deal. And sure, I took the assignment, went back, I searched. I scoured the internet, the broker sites, Crexy, LootNet, all these places, and I found this deal that is sitting behind me. It's an 84-unit deal with residential on the top three, four floors and commercial at the bottom and a $20 million transaction. So I was like, what if I can score this, right? So I called the broker, talked to the broker, went and visited the deal, walked it a couple of times, and then I realized I can do this, put my first offer. We negotiated and actually I was awarded the deal. So that journey in the last 12 months, I've acquired a thousand units of multifamily real estate. That's a lot of scaling for sure. Yes. 12 months going from four families to a thousand units in larger deals and some of it mixed use. For those who are listening, those are definitely mixed use buildings in the picture behind Carlos. Where is that property? This is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Nice. So you're in a variety of markets as well. What have been your biggest challenges in scaling 
increasing your unit count that quickly, but also doing it in a variety of markets? I think one of the biggest challenges is just having a solid team that could help me handle the multiple things that are required to manage a big portfolio, the accounting work, the asset management, the acquisition, the pieces of just doing due diligence and multiple deals sometimes at the same time that I have under contract and just the fundraising, managing investor relations and all these things. So I think the team is critical for your success. I think I was blessed that one of the things I had learned along the way with my other businesses is I knew how to build an effective team and I knew how to put people in the right places. So that has had a tremendous impact in me being able to scale to a thousand doors so quickly. I imagine, Carlos, you're raising capital for these acquisitions. Correct. So for the first few deals, I did it myself, the small ones. And then I realized for the big ones, I don't have all the money for the down payment and the expenses and all that stuff. So that's another big mindset that I had to change and is how much money do I have in the bank right now and how much can I afford? Because I think a lot of people approach real estate that way. If they save a little bit of money, they have fifty, hundred thousand dollars in the bank and they think, okay, now I can go buy a three hundred thousand, a four hundred thousand dollar property. That was my mindset. The moment that I understood that when there's a good deal that cash flows, that has potential value add and appreciation over time, a good deal will always attract the money. So when I found this deal, underwrote it, and I saw it's a 5.7 cap rate, it's going to cash flow over 5% year over year. The first year, it has all these vacant space that I can fill up and increase the value. And maybe I can increase the value by $10 million or so in the next three to four years. When I found the right deal, the money came to it. And I started talking about it to people and said, I want to invest. So when I realized that, that I could raise money for a great deal, my whole world opened up. And that's when I realized I can scale. I can go faster. I don't have to depend only on my dollars to do this. And that's really what changed it all for me. It's just thinking bigger and learning and knowing that I could attract capital if I had a good deal in my hands. You started speaking on this, I believe. What has your buying criteria been? So I leaned very quickly towards Class A properties and Class A locations. I know from my second property that I bought, my triplex, that this is maybe where the lesson came. My very first fourplex was 100 years old, the one that I have here in Milwaukee. Old C-class, needed work. We had to put some effort into it. So because of that, not a whole lot of tenants or higher quality tenants were attracted to it. So it was harder to push rents. On my second acquisition, my triplex, it was a brand new triplex townhome property, four bedroom townhomes with a yard, everything brand new. And I saw how people reacted to those properties. My realtor that sold me that deal said, Carlos, I think you can charge $1,100 a month for these. And I refused to believe that. I was like, no, I think I can charge $1,500. And I was like, well, give it a try. So I did what I did, posted them on Zillow, posted them on the different websites. And sure enough, boom, I scored a first tenant at 1500 
because I saw the reaction walking into a brand new place. They wanted to live in a brand new place in a newer property that was new. And then I said, I'm going to try the second one at 1600. And sure enough, I got a tenant at 1600 and the third one paying 1700. So I saw that desire of people to live in a nice place, clean, newer. And I was like, I'm going to take that to the bigger scale. So when I started hunting for these bigger properties and defining my buy box, I call it my buy box. I carry that from my e-commerce days. I carry my buy box and my buy box became, I want to have a, a deal that is at least 50 units or more class A property in a class A location. And a lot of people say those deals are impossible to find and, and whatever, right? I have found them and I've invested in them. So the property you see behind me is a class A location right in front of a hospital and in class A quality asset, beautiful property. And I see when people come and visit the property, they're like, wow, this is nice. I'd love to live here. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with $1 billion in self-storage assets. After completing three funds, and selling 38 properties with $0 of investor principal loss. They have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to the latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. Buying Class A... What kinds of returns are you targeting globally and for your investors? Yeah, that's a great question. I look for returning at least 4% cash on cash year one. I many times exceed that, but that's my target, at least 4% cash on cash. And then over the term, which is typically seven to 10 years on the hold, I want to achieve at least 15% IRR. In many of the deals that I look at and underwrite, I want to refinance the deal between year three and five, where I can return most of the capital to investors, if not all the capital to investors. That's my criteria. You're targeting a seven to 10 year hold period with a refinance liquidity event in three to five years. All right. 
That starts to answer my question already, Carlos, but what kind of debt are you purchasing with? That's a good question. Typically, prior to interest rates climbing, I was going for three and a half, four percent debt, and my entry cap had to be higher than that or equal to that. You're so talking about longer term debt then? You're talking about securing it for the full seven to 10 years? Not necessarily. I'll give you an example specifically on this property that is behind me. There's a couple value add things with the Gateway Village, the property that is behind me. Number one, the rents were under market by about a couple hundred dollars. And number two, there was 66% vacancy on the commercial space just because prior management did not really push. Being in front of a hospital, there's no shortage of traffic in the area, but they just didn't push because it was a developer that owned it outright, no debt on the deal. So there was no rush to push. So when I saw that, I was like, I don't want to lock myself up with an agency loan or a long-term loan that doesn't let me refinance inside of my three to five year period. So for this property, I got a bridge loan at five and a quarter fixed rate that allows me to refinance after two years. It's a three. I closed on this deal March 1st of this year. Gotcha. So it was right by a hair that I got the fixed rate and got it done. And in fact, the lender retraded me. My original rate was four and three quarters. And they pushed up the rate about three weeks before close. Wow. So this loan allows me to refinance in 24 months. And I have a couple one-year extensions if I need it in case I want to keep pushing value and refinance at the best moment. But that's not necessarily the same story for all the properties, right? It's a very case-by-case basis. Right now, I have a deal under contract in Lakeland, Tennessee. It's a 138-unit deal built in 2021, has also a commercial component to it, a 21,000 square feet retail component. It's 94% occupied. In that deal, I'm actually assuming the loan. The developer did something smart, which was they put a 10-year interest-only loan at 4.35% on the deal, and I'm buying it at about a five and a quarter cap. So that allows me to go in at a higher cap than what the interest rate is, and then, of course, I'll grow over time with rents. And Not to in- mention, it's also interest only. Interest only, exactly. Gotcha. So we're recording this in mid-November, so the middle of Q4 2022. A loan assumption deal with 10 years of interest only. In Class A multifamily and mixed use, is that what it takes to find deals with a cap rate higher than the current interest rate? Because I'm imagining you're not finding six and seven caps out there or eight caps on class A space to be higher than your 7% interest rate. Correct. That's one strategy. Assuming a loan that somebody did smartly put on a property prior to interest rates climbing. The second strategy that I'm pursuing hard right now is seller finance. There are sellers out there that for one reason or another have to sell their property. Either their loan is coming to maturity, their loan is variable interest rate, or they have a ton of equity and they just need to sell because they need to put that money at work in another project. There's a lot of sellers now, even in big multifamily, that are considering seller finance. 
and what I'm doing right now, which has worked for me in the past, I many times put two offers for the same deal. I write two LOIs. One LOI would be with traditional financing. And of course, the purchase price is what gives me that cap rate that matches the interest rate that I can get on that loan. And the second LOI is a seller finance LOI, where I can give the seller more money because he's now carrying that note for me at a low interest rate for maybe a five, seven year period, or sometimes even 10 interest only. That makes a lot of sense, especially when you're going to end up with a class A asset in a class A location. Yeah. Carlos, it is time. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. Awesome. What is the best ever book you recently read? The best ever book I recently read is Don't Split the Difference by Tim Grover. Is that Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss? Voss. Yeah. I had it confused with Relentless by Tim Grover. (laughs) So Never Split the Difference by By Chris Voss. Voss. Yeah. Awesome. What is your best ever way to give back? My best ever way to give back is teach people about real estate. I wish I had learned in school. I wish somebody would have taught me and taken me under his wing to learn real estate. I had to go and find out by accidentally making investments and learning it on my own and just basically trial and error. So the way that I give back is I teach people every single week, twice a week about real estate for free on Clubhouse and on Zoom. And then if they want to take the next step, they can join my mentorship program to learn it. Thus far in your commercial real estate investing career, scaling your apartment portfolio, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Man, such a good question. Biggest mistake I've made so far is not doing enough due diligence on the property manager. Sometimes they look really good on the surface and we forget to dig under the surface to find out, show me your accounting systems. Show me the reports that you sent to owners. Let me talk to your team members. Let me talk to the team that handles the phone calls at the property. Let me interview the people that work for you. And let me really take a deep look at who's going to be running these properties for me so that I trust that they're number one, taking care of the property. Number two, taking care of the tenants. Number three, taking care of the money and preserving the value, if not helping increase the value of the asset. When you're vetting a property manager, do you ever call on their rental listings or inquire on Zillow to see what will happen? Always, always. Not only myself, I have five or 10 people in my team that actually do the same thing and we record those calls so that we can listen and say, this is why they're not leasing the property. And I'll tell you a quick story and funny story that is kind of funny and sad at the same time. There's this property that I'm acquiring right now And we looked it up and I was on a team meeting with my whole team on Zoom. And I said, hey, guys, I'm going to call the Google number for the property. So sure enough, I pull up the number, dial it on my phone. I had it on speaker. And guess what I got? This number has been disconnected. Please try again later. (laughs) Okay. I had to dial it twice, Slocum, because I thought I had misdialed the number. But no, sure enough. They had their Google my listing number down for over two months. 
So I emailed at 911 to the property manager. I said, hey, 911, the number's down. And he's like, oh, yeah, we let the marketing company know two months ago that this was happening. And I'm pulling my hair. It's like, no way. Do you realize how many tenants or prospective tenants you're losing right now? So, yes, the answer is yes. I'm an apartment owner operator in Cincinnati, Ohio with my own management company. And that's what I tell people. If they're interested in my property management or they're interested in partnering with me or they want to learn how to get their own properties leased, I just tell them, go to my website, pick a property, inquire, pretend to be a prospective tenant and see what happens. That's the best way to figure out my systems or what to expect from my management. So that's why I asked. Too bad you're not in Tennessee where I need you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Cincinnati, Ohio. You should start looking at deals here. Come on. Carlos, what is your best ever advice? My best ever advice is always be a student. Don't ever think that you know everything, that you have arrived, that you have all the knowledge in the world. There's always something new to learn. There's always rooms with smarter people. There's always rooms with more successful people. There's always rooms with people that want to help. When you have the attitude of being humble enough to understand, I don't know at all. I can learn something new tomorrow that can help me change my life and potentially the life of my family and other people. You'll always have that attitude and growth mindset that you're always growing, always evolving, always pursuing the next level. Because I see so many people stuck at one level because they already think I've seen that, done that. I don't want to learn it. I don't want to pay attention. And then they're stuck. And those are the guys that you and I buy properties from because we know we can go double the value of them after we buy them. You're so right. (laughs) Just continue to put yourself in a position to win with people that have achieved success. The best decision that I made in business and real estate investing is I bought a mentorship program. I really connected, engaged, became an active participant, and I found myself a mentor that had the results that I wanted. Not just anybody, somebody that had the results that I could look at a blueprint and say, I'm going to follow this blueprint, and I'm going to be a good student. I'm going to follow directions and apply it and win. It's easy to copy success. Most of us are trying to reinvent the wheel. Don't need to. Just copy proven success. You'll win. That's great. And last question, Carlos, where can people get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram at IamCarlos10X or on my website, CS3Investments.com or on my website, IamCarlos10X. Love to hear from you. Those links are in the show notes. Carlos, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this conversation about scaling quickly through commercial real estate, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend who you know will gain value from our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thank you, Slocum. It's been great to be here with you. Looking forward to be here again soon.